Hey everybody, and welcome to the third episode of I Draw Dead People, a podcast by me, Megan Foldenauer, PhD. I've been a medical artist for 20 years, and I'm here to chat with you. Just a heads up that I found out today that 16 of my drawings are missing from a show. So I'm feeling a little off today, as you might imagine, and I will apologize for that. But I'm still here, and I still want to chat with you guys, so let's go. Do you guys have a lot of tabs open on your internet browser? A lot. I have a lot. So I was just kind of skimming through them to see kind of what I have left open. And I thought you guys might be interested to know what some of my tabs are about. So I made a list and here we go. So I have several tabs open related to spiders, which is weird because I'm arachnophobic. <laughs> I'm recovering arachnophobic, I'll say. I'm working on it. Like, I tend to give them names and stuff so that I can feel better about it. But there's a really big one in front of our house. And so, with the help of a friend, I tried to identify her. And so, I've got a couple tabs open uh, relating to different kinds of spiders. Which I think is very amusing to me. And I should probably close them because I don't need them anymore. Uh, suffice it today to say she is an orb weaver. Um... Got a lot of spiders this time of year in Michigan, much to my chagrin. I'm trying to create a large studio space in my garage, in fact, so that I can start working on large drawings again. And uh, every time I leave the project for even a handful of weeks or so, it's covered in cobwebs. And it's just like the biggest bummer to have to go out there and like clean it all off. The same goes with my weights. Like I have a small, very modest gym in my garage and I just started with a new personal trainer and it's all covered in spider webs, all of it. So be with me Swiffer, I've got to take care of this. What else do I have going on? Um, I did an interesting Amazon search, which I will continue to work on. And it's about the philosophy of the eye like, you know, if you followed me at all, you know that I love to draw the eye and I'm fascinated by it. And in fact, my doctorate is in the eye. It's in the immunology of the cornea. And it's a subject that's been with me for a long time. I even My TEDx talk that I did a few years ago was about science and art in the eye. And so I thought, you know, let me dig a little deeper into what folks have philosophized about when it comes to the eye like what is its symbolism you know what what has it meant through the course of history so I'm working on that and it's honestly like not the most robust set of um findings like I was really surprised I thought I would find a lot more so maybe I have a book in me I don't know um then I have a lot of image files open, which include wild boars, dark carnations, cute rats, snowdrop flowers, 
delphinium flowers, peridots, rubies, oxen, and snakes, which all comes from this series of art that I'm doing as commissions for folks related to the zodiac. And again, more symbolism. I'm a sucker for symbolism. I don't know about you guys, but I love like seeing what things mean what historically and now different cultures it's just something that I've always been drawn to so I have a lot of those images open uh, my poor computer I have a tab open called the typical length of the gallbladder because I just did an illustration of the gallbladder and I could not remember in any way why would I remember that it's not something I just have in my mind. I've seen quite a few gallbladders in my day through cadaver dissection, but I haven't illustrated one in a long time. So that was something I needed to look up um, to make sure I got the size right when I was doing a drawing uh, a few days ago. And along those lines, I have another set of things open revolving around the spleen. Um, if you follow me on social media, you may have seen a spleen drawing from a few days ago. Uh, I did one under the prompt underappreciated that uh, the Guild of Natural Science Illustrators put out for their Sci Art Vember, uh, sorry, Sci Arttober challenge, and I always think that the spleen is an underappreciated organ. It is my favorite organ. It is part of the immune system, and as they like to pithily call it, it is the graveyard for all blood cells. So it's where blood cells go to when they are damaged or too old to be recycled and made into new blood cells. And the spleen is very malleable and takes on the shape of a lot of the organs and structures that are around it. So I've seen many spleens that have indentations from ribs, um, a smushed surface from the, the stomach, the pancreas, the colon, it's, it's a really fascinating organ. So I also have a tab open for craniofacial anomalies, which has to do with, with work. I work in neurosurgery and uh, I was adding a new faculty member who specializes in craniofacial abnormalities, which is fascinating. Then I have something open for handmade ceramic brain mugs, which is one of those little gems that Twitter has given me. And I'm waiting for this artist to open her shop back up on, on Etsy so that I may buy one of her ceramic brain mugs. Because if you're like me, fellow medical art lovers, I know that you own many things that are body part related that are not the actual body parts or body parts in jars or anything like that. You have plush body parts. You have pins you know, celebrating your favorite body part, t-shirts, whatever. And I am no different. I am exactly the same. And so, yeah, I'm waiting to get this mug that has a really, really cool brain on the side of it. I have a tab open for the hard palette. I did an illustration of the hard palette. Uh, tick size, because I just did Inktober and the prompt was tick. And so I had to research how big a tick is because I thought it'd be good to do the drawing uh, real size, life size, actual size. And they're small and I'm doing really, really tiny drawings. So I knew it would work well. Of course, then I had, you know, this Google image search open of ticks, which was not my best move. 
and I should just close that now. <laughs> Seriously, is there anything redeeming about ticks? I remember listening to an episode of Ologies. If you're not listening to Ologies, you really, really should. And anyway, she did an entire episode on the study of ticks in order to try to decide whether or not they had anything redeeming about them. And she determined, no, they do not. They're just awful. They're just awful. Uh, I also have something open related to lover's eyes. And lover's eyes are tiny eye portraits that used to be painted. Um, I am not sure when. I'm going to say perhaps the 18th and 19th centuries. And they were painted very small. Very small, like miniature size. So that they could be fit into jewelry, such as lockets. Um, and they would be, as the name suggests, a painting of that person's lover's eye. And they are beautifully done and often, you know, bedecked in jewels and all kinds of things. They're very fancy. And I've often thought about bringing that tradition back with my love for eyes. So I was doing a little bit of research into lover's eyes and seeing if I couldn't collect a few more really cool images. I have a whole Pinterest board full of lover's eyes. Um, as inspiration as an, and reference. Then I have this amazing story of this horse <laughs> saved. I am a horse nut. I always have been. Fun fact, it was like the first thing that I drew obsessively, even before eyes were horses. Uh, my mother is from Louisville, Kentucky. So if you know anything about Louisville, you might know why I love horses. Um, that is where the Kentucky Derby takes place. Anyway, this Dr. Peo, as the horse is called, is kind of like those dogs that go into patients' rooms, you know, to cheer up patients in hospitals. He goes, or I'm sorry, shouldn't gender the horse. I don't know, he or she. But they go to hospitals to spread good feelings to patients and they also apparently have a knack for knowing when a patient has cancer, which is insane, which is amazing. We don't deserve animals, I swear. So you can look up Dr. Peyo, P-E-Y-O, on Instagram, if you don't believe me. Then I have a really cool friend out of the UK called Kraken Creations. That's all K's, so Kraken and then Creations is a K. It's all one word. And they do anatomical embroidery. So they do these amazing, amazing works of art with, you know, hoop and thread that look straight up legit medical illustrations. They're gorgeous. Uh, they're another person to check out or another account to check out on Instagram. And then to round off the list, I have the white baneberry which is something that In Defense of Plants, which is an amazing podcast and another Instagram account, posted the other day. And I reposted saying hashtag drawable um, or so paintable or something like that. I have this tendency to find all of these really cool objects and then just post them to my stories so that I can remember later that I've got these amazing references that I could use um, to do paintings. With crediting the photographer, of course, as always, which you should always do. Oh, you guys, it just started raining.
I love the rain. A lot of windows in my studio. Really great ambiance for drawing and for talking to you. So I hope you enjoyed that little behind the scenes look into my poor computer and all of the myriad of things that swirl around in my brain. I swear to God, I have tabs open in my mind. Can you relate to that? I think you probably can. I think I said last time that I spend or have spent a lot of energy on trying to determine whether or not what I work on is quote unquote enough. And that's a very, very hard question to answer in my opinion. I mean, who is the arbiter of enough? There isn't anybody who is that. I've been suspicious that I've done all different kinds of art over the years in terms of subject matter. You know, my style is pretty consistently the same. Realism, you can tell it's my work, but the subject matter is varied a lot. Um, kind of away from the eye and portraiture, which is kind of where I began all of my art. Um, career was very figurative, doing a lot of body drawing and eye drawing and faces and things like that. And so I started doing all of these other things and I don't do as much of the other. So I've started to wonder if there's some sort of weird fear I have around working on the subject matter that is, in my opinion, the best and is also my most favorite to do, which is the eye. And I think there is some validity to that. I really do. It's something that I'm working on. I was uh, getting a very large piece out from my garage a couple days ago because I'm having a show coming up in November here where I live and it's all going to be my eye drawings. So I'm kind of confronting this idea really, really in a, like a really visceral way. So I got this piece out. This is the largest drawing I've ever done. It is four by nine feet. If you know me for my tiny art, that's probably a surprise. Um, I have posted about it on inst my Instagram, Megan Foldenauer Creative, and you can go check it out. There's a picture of me sitting in front of it and it's a pair of eyes. So it's basically a portrait that is just a strip, you know, from ear to ear with the eyes and the bridge of the nose. And it's called Rob, who is a friend of mine. And it is my, I can unequivocally say now that it is my, the drawing I'm most proud of. It was me at my best. The way it was created, the way it felt to create it was completely different from all of the other art I was doing at the time. And now when I look at it, which I haven't looked at it in five years, not in person. It's been boxed up for five years. I took it out uh, the other day and it, I sat with it for quite a while. I sat with it for quite a while, just thinking about why don't I do more of this work? What am I afraid of? I mean, I've always, always taught to stretch and push, you know, and explore new things always in art school, all of my art school experience. And so I really would, you know, took that to heart and thought, well, I should always be growing. I should always be pushing. And 
I don't know if that landed exactly right with me. I am not, I don't regret any of the work that I've ever done. No way. But I do feel like I have given a little bit of short shrift to my wheelhouse, to my favorite thing, which is the eye. So putting this show together has, you know, brought up a lot of feelings about what I should do next, you know? Should I do more eye art? Should I really, really focus on that and do a bunch of big pieces and just like dive in head first and really own that as my thing? You know, I am an eye artist. And I can remember thinking about proclaiming that in the past and thinking that is not enough. Like nobody is going to care about that. That's not enough. You have to be like clever and you know, edgy and all kinds of stuff to be noticed or have any kind of quote unquote success in art, which is a whole other topic. What is success? You know, but I've never really just thrown myself 100% into eye creation. That large eye drawing took me 48 hours to create over the course of two months. That's not that much time. <laughs> you know, it's not. So what would happen if I did 10 of those. What would happen if I did 10 of those and you put them all in a room? What would, how would that feel? Not just for me, but for you, like as a viewer, what kind of questions would it raise? So, you know, when I was running through all of my crazy tabs that are open on my computer and I mentioned the philosophy of the eye, that's part of what I was um, starting to do was to kind of go down this rabbit hole of eyeness <laughs> everything to do with the eye that i could find and not get distracted by all the other shiny things and to be honest i don't know if that's possible for me <laughs> so many tabs but i sure would love to try it i just think about the eye and it's so intimate never mind you know it's actually part of the brain it is physically connected to your brain. If I may be an anatomist for a second, you could put your finger on your eyeball and go and, you know, run it along the edge of that all the way back up and you'd be touching brain. So that's incredible. <laughs> when you think about it that way, it's really incredible. And it is also the cornea, in fact, is the most sensitive part of the body if sensitivity is measured in uh, nerve ending density. And I'm sure if you've ever gotten poked in the eye or gotten something in your eye, you can appreciate the fact that your cornea is very sensitive. And another thing that is odd about my relationship to the eye is that I have a hard time looking people in the eye when I find them attractive. <laughs> Um, I've gotten a lot better, but you can ask my husband. There was a time when I would not look at him in the face because I was just overwhelmed. And also another way that that manifests is I have a hard time taking pictures of people's eyes so that I can use it for reference to do my drawings, which is absurd. It is absurd. 
So I'm like, I almost want to hire one of my friends to walk around with me and take pictures of people because I just, I find it so uncomfortable. But then I can sit and stare at your picture and re-render it in microscopic detail with no issue at all. That makes no sense to me. And yeah, as I said before, I'm having a show. So if you are local to me, which would be kind of in the Ann Arbor, Detroit, Toledo area of the U.S., I am having a show. I am the inaugural artist at Stone and Spoon's new gallery in Ypsilanti, Michigan. And I will be having a opening night on Friday, November 5th from 5 to 8 p.m., uh, as part of First Fridays. So that will be all eye art, including that giant one I was just speaking about. And you must, must, must come. I will be there. Um, there will possibly be some live drawing. I have not decided yet. I don't know how long the show is going to be up, but I'm going to presume it is for the month. And I will um, follow up on all the social media with more of the details the more that I know them. So... I really hope, if you're able, that you can join me. Otherwise, I will be posting about it, you know, photos and all kinds of feelings all over the social media as I want to do. So that's the big thing that's coming up. So how are you guys feeling? Are you feeling all right? I love fall, but fall can be tough, you know? That slow descent into winter, which is which can be hard for some folks, including me. Last year at this time, I was doing no art, none, nothing. In fact, I was in the middle of what would be a six month dry period where I did no art whatsoever. And I spent every day feeling worse and worse and worse about it. So when I look back on that, it's just incredible to me that I'm here talking to you and doing, you know, my, my desk is covered. It is absolutely covered with paint and ink and pencils and sketchbooks and reference material. And like I said, all the tabs I have open, you know, it's just night and day. Mental health is no joke, everyone. And I want you to know that I'm with you in that struggle. Also, I was thinking, this occurred to me last night, if you all ever want me to like record an audio file where I just, you know, cheer you on so you can just have this like little audio file at your disposal where I'm just like, you can do it. You're a badass. Go. I'd be totally down to record one of those for you. So let me know. (laughs) I have some people I follow on TikTok and that's their whole shtick. Like all they do is like talking to the camera about how awesome the viewer is. And oh my God, you might think that that's cheesy and weird, but I got to tell you it works. It works for me. I mean, it really does. So you should try it. You know, we don't have a lot of that. If you work at home, like I do, and you work alone, you don't get a lot of cheerleading. You don't get a lot of people telling you you're doing a good job and that you should keep on keeping on. It just doesn't happen, you know? And sometimes I think we just need to hear it from other people. I think that's just a human thing to need. You're not less strong if you need that, okay? That's what I'm trying to say to you. The rain is really coming down, you guys. This is so great. Well, I hope you like this episode. I know I haven't quite landed on a format yet, 
but I've been keeping it all in the science and art realms, which is basically the premise of the show. So hopefully that is satisfactory to all of you. <laughs> I'm enjoying uh, exploring this and I will keep doing these episodes no matter what. So I really hope that you'll keep coming back for more. So head on over to my social media. Follow me there. Uh, if you're on Twitter, my handle is actually redmeg8, R-E-D-M-E-G-8, which is an old, old, old handle because I've been on Twitter for, oh God, like 14 years or something crazy. Way before I branded and like created like this Megan loves to draw idea. So I didn't want to get rid of my account. So it's still the old name. So on Twitter, I'm redmeg8. Um... So if you're over there and that's your preferred platform, you can find me there under that name. Otherwise, I am Megan Loves to Draw on Facebook. That is my artist page. And Megan Foldenauer Creative on Instagram. You could also like search my name and find me on LinkedIn and YouTube and Spotify. I have all kinds of content everywhere because I'm just content crazy. I also have which is an announcement. I have a Patreon now. And so if you would like to support my work in any way, you don't have to give very much. I think my lowest level is three bucks a month. Um, I would love to have you. I don't have any Patreons yet. And so I'm wondering if you'll be the first. Uh, I'm over on Patreon at Megan Loves to Draw. So patreon.com slash Megan Loves to Draw. There are three funding levels right now. $3 is just nothing but my love and gratitude to you for that every month for me. Uh, $5 a month, you get my enamel pin that says I Heart Tiny Art. And $10 a month, you get a piece of art for me. Uh, I will do a tiny, tiny anatomical drawing for you of your choosing. And you'll also get the enamel pin. So that's $10 a month. So come on over to Patreon and check it out. Um, see what they're all about. I f support, ugh, I don't know, somewhere between half a dozen and 10 artists with just small donations a month just to help them out in their pursuit of doing what they love. And I thought, what the heck? I'm going to give it a shot. So come on over and say hi. I will talk to you next time. And in the meantime, I still don't have an ending. So this has been I Draw Dead People. And like I said in the first episode, they don't move. I don't know why. That's the only thing I can think of. Talk to you next week.